is this superhero? Mark? No. Sean? The telephone operator? No. Mike? The mild-mannered janitor? Could be! M.L. Eric! Number one super guy! M.L. Eric! Quicker than the human eye! He's got style, a groovy smile, and a mob that just won't stop! When the going gets rough, he's too put up! With the soul of Detroit! Yeah. M.L. Eric! Number one super guy! Soul of Detroit! Terrific! You ass interrogative, you're trying to get out of my face. It's gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, Emil. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Albert? Hey, kids. It's your old pal, ML Elric, coming to you this week with the soul of Detroit. As you can see, I'm wearing our new gaiters. And uh, since we last met... There's been more scientific evidence that came out that said, you know what? Actually, gators probably are helpful and protective. And if you have any question whether they're not protective enough, let me suggest something to you. Double it over and you're good to go. (laughs) My message was buy a gator, save the world. And we have a new item that just showed up. Our new Soul of Detroit keychains, which give you... Exclusive access, access to oh. room 7609. So check those out. Where do we find all of those wonderful oh, products? You can get those at drewandmikestore.com, which is our online store. We also have hockey jerseys, all kinds of good stuff, and uh, hats, and it's just a great you, place. You never wanted a podcast, Mike. You just wanted to pedal <laughs> stuff out of a trunk, I'm assuming. Yeah, well, I, mean, I learned I learned from the DCFC guys that if you don't have a soccer team, you're basically a T-shirt store, and somehow they're doing pretty well even without a soccer team. So, uh, so it sounds good to me. Um, you are hearing the voices of Mark Fellhauer, who makes this thing happen, and Sean Windsor, who does his best to stop it from happening. But we <laughs> keep going, occasionally joined by Mr. Matthew Jennings, who uh, Ding got dong. His, uh, his PhD in history. And this week, we have a very special guest, the Motor City Muckraker himself, Steve Neveling, currently causing trouble over at the Metro Times, who is going to join us in just a moment to talk about a fantastic investigation into a local politician who raises a lot of money, doesn't face a lot of competition, and spends a lot of that money, as you might expect, not on politics, because he's pretty much assured to get an election every time. He has the name of a French emperor, but the attitude of a former French empress. Uh, He's Napoleon She's Marie Antoinette, and Steve is here to try and shorten him up a little bit. Maybe take the head off of this this daisy. So we're going to have Steve in just a minute. But first, I want to tell you, you know, we don't take money from just anybody. We try and do business with people we trust and we think you can trust. And we appreciate it when you do business with them because they keep us coming back every week. And when you do, make sure you let them know that ML sent you. This week, our Facebook Live sponsor is Sir Speedy. If you own or work at a company that needs marketing materials, then please listen up. Our newest sponsor is Sir Speedy Print Signs Marketing in Harper Woods, Troy, and Novi. 
Whatever you need when it comes to marketing materials, Sir Speedy has you covered. Brochures, signage, direct mail campaigns, promotional products, you name it, and Sir Speedy can do it. They have a full creative staff that can help you design whatever you may need. So if you're a company that's just starting up and needs to get your marketing going, or if you're a company that needs to take your marketing materials to the next level, you need to call my friends at Sir Speeding. Sir Speedy, that number is 586-777-7500. That's 586-777-7500. Or visit their website, sirspeedydetroit.com, to get your marketing project going today, today, today. Is there still an echo on that, Mike? Yeah, there is. Okay. And here at the Soul of Detroit, we'll we'll sell you the whole seat, but you'll just need the edge, 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 edge. Okay, Steve Neveling from Mostly Muckraker. Boy, I hope everybody didn't bail out on us. Great piece in the Metro Times. By the way, folks, um, you've heard me talk about the need to subscribe to the Detroit Free Press, which you can do really easily and really cheap, three bucks for three months. We'll have a link to do that on our website, mlsoulofdetroit.com. I also subscribe to at least two other local media outlets that are doing a lot of great work, Deadline Detroit and the Metro Times. They both have membership programs so that you can support the work being done by Steve. Steve, before we talk about a guy who's misusing some money or appears to be misusing some money, how can people use their money the right way and subscribe to the Metro Times? Well, you can also uh, donate to Metro Times. We have a Metro Times press club um, and it helps keep local journalism alive and well. Uh, we obviously were hit really hard with a COVID-19 shutdown. So um, we lost a lot of our revenue. So it's really easy. Just go to metrotimes.com and there's a donate link and uh, you can be part of the club. Uh, you know, five bucks, 10 bucks, whatever you can give, it really helps out. Yeah. So, so let me tell you how other people are using their money here in the metro area. Um, Benny Napoleon, your sheriff and has been sheriff for quite a while, typically runs for reelection with token opposition, but he raises a lot of money and here's where he spends it. $4,700 for stakes in Washington, DC, $3,900 to stay at a swanky hotel in San Francisco. And here to me is the most egregious expenditure of all $27,000 for the Detroit lions. Uh, hmm. there is no possible political connection that I'm aware of to going to see the Detroit Lions, unless he's going undercover to try and investigate a criminal enterprise that's been taking people's money for almost a hundred years, that being the Detroit Lions. If that's the case, he has yet to bring charges. So maybe, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe that's uh, an undercover operation and the sheriff is, uh, is really on the job even on Sundays. But Steve, uh, is, it, is that what you found? Is this, is, is this all part of a elegant and elaborate plot to undermine the Ford family and their fleecing of Detroiters for 50 years now? Oh, I mean, I asked him specifically about the $27,000 in Lions tickets because there's not just tickets. You have tens of thousands of dollars in like uh, the Tigers and um, even seen like minor league baseball, um, Pistons. Uh, wait, wait, isn't, isn't the Tigers minor league baseball? <laughs> but no, I asked him about this. And what possibly uh, would you like what? Because part of the law says that if you're going to spend your campaign money, it has to be on something that's uh, connected to your political campaign or it has to be something related to your office. Uh, so, you know, if you go out to eat with uh, somebody because you want to have a meeting, meeting with them and it's work related, you can bill, you can bill that. So I asked him, what, what in the world would you need $27,000 worth of Detroit Lions tickets? And he said, well, 
uh, it's in Wayne County, right? I need to be able to talk to my residents and they need to be able to see me out and about. Oh, wow. So that was but, the reason. So I guess if we run into the sheriff at the Lions game, we should stop him, interrupt him and say, Sheriff, it's good to see you. Let's talk about some issues involving crime and punishment in Wayne right. County because that's why he's there. He's not there to see the football game. He's there to mix with the hoi polloi, to meet with the unwashed and, uh, and the regular people. Could right. he claim that he was, um, you know, bringing other donors to the games with him? I mean, no, is, that was that's that, not that, the only thing reason he said he, that he used that money was because he needed people to see him supporting the Lions because they're in Wayne County. Oh, how laughable. You have a whole list of unusual expenses on there. And the one that jumps out is the five hundred twenty one dollars for uh, one single Uber ride. Where was that from? Where was that going? Do you have any idea? Yeah, we're not sure because for a lot of these expenses, you don't have to give a detailed explanation for uh, what they were used. He travels um, all over the place. Uh, for example, I mean, I, I, there are dozens of locations across the country where he flew. So it could have been any of those locations. I mean, he spent a lot of money, thousands of dollars on Ubers, but that was a particularly egregious one. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine how far that would take you, but it'd be pretty far. And I, what I'm curious is, let's let's take this Lions analogy that he goes to the sporting events so people can see him. So what's the justification for $999 on Indiana Pacer tickets? Mm-hmm. Is he thinking of running for a sheriff of Indianapolis County? Right. That's another one that I, I couldn't really get a good answer from him on. Um, I mean, you know, these, these are, these can't, this, this money, it's important how you spend the money. You shouldn't be spent, you're supposed to spend it on your campaign because this money is, you know, a lot of people who donate, they want to influence your decisions. And that's why, you know, so he raised more than a half a million dollars in uh, money for his sheriff's campaign. And as you're probably aware, he never has a formidable uh, opponent. So almost all of his money is spent on traveling, um, gifts, dry cleaners, uh, gym memberships, golfing, uh, he even has fifty. spent $1,500 at Bed Bath & Beyond and $1,400 at Best Buy. I mean, these clearly are not office-related expenses. And that's well, clearly what the law says. So I don't go to Lions games, so maybe I've been missing some campaigning. But I live in Wayne County, and I've seen more political advertisements for his opponents, who are, <laughs> are bugs that he crushed in the Democratic primary, than I saw for Sheriff Benny Napoleon. And and while you can debate how he's spending the money and raising the money, there's a couple expenditures that you cite here that I I, I hope you got an explanation because I'm dying to know what it is. A massage parlor in Sacramento, California, and a strip club in Chicago. What yeah. on, the, on, on God's green earth is the political purpose of those expenditures? Well, I didn't actually get an explanation for that other than the fact that he said he wasn't at the the strip club in, in Chicago. He says that he sometimes gives the card to his staff to travel as well. So it could have been somebody <laughs> that was a member of his staff who did it. Is so that, was that, that person disciplined for spending money at a tea bar in Chicago? And yeah, nobody's been disciplined as a part of this. This is just he has he was defiant during the entire interview and said that every single penny that he spent was spent lawfully and it was a good use of money. So you don't expect him to go, oh, you're right, that one's bad, and to refund it out of his own personal bank account, do you? No, not at all. I mean, at at some point, because you have 
a Congressman Duncan. Yeah, that's um, huge news, Duncan Hunter. Yeah. Ended up, yeah, he ended up being in prison for using about the same amount of money uh, that Napoleon used on restaurants and travel. And he was forced to pay that money back. So the, here's the funny thing. You would think that after this story gets published, that uh, county and state election officials will be all over this. There's not an investigation. Wow. They said they won't investigate until they get an actual complaint. So until that happens, um, the message to people who are running is raise as much money as you want and spend it on whatever the hell you want. Okay. Um, despite the fact these people are trying to influence. So if he never really runs against an actual opponent and you said he's made to uh, five, received 525,000 in donations since 2017, who's giving him that money? What kind of people are we talking about? Yeah. I mean, we're talking about people who have contracts with the County, um, Maddie Maroon, um, even the, uh, even Gaspar Fiore, who's been uh, indicted for mm-hmm. trying to bribe officials. I mean, these are all people who benefit from having him as sheriff. If he does, uh, if he acts in such a way to, to issue, whether it's issuing contracts or whatever it is. But I mean, a lot of these people aren't just giving, you know, this money away uh, out of the goodness of their heart. So the concern is, is that he's using this as a slush fund um, to have fun uh, while people are trying to influence him. Clearly. I mean, have there, have there been any signs of him um, using his power to help the people that have donated to him? Not, I haven't seen any use of, I mean, I, I, no, I mean, I, I haven't seen any favoritism. Oh, you mean, oh, in terms of favoritism, um, it's, it's hard to tell. I mean, part of the problem with, with doing a story like this is there's so many uh, contractors and there's so many contributors that it would take months and months to be able to find out how uh, all of these people um, end up getting, how, how much, whether they receive uh, favoritism. Mm-hmm. And that's the difficult thing about this is first thing I wanted to do is show how it's this money spent. And, and I do plan on following up with this and finding out, well, what did these people get in exchange for these donations? Did, were they, was there favoritism? Did they get contracts after they gave money? Um, you know, why does Maddie Maroon want to give uh, the, the, te- you know, hundred not, or said thousands of dollars each election cycle uh, to a sheriff who's going to ultimately use it on traveling and going to restaurants. And that, that's, this is the question that needs to be figured out. So Steve, based on your reporting, it seems to me, if I want to see the sheriff of Wayne County, I have, I have two options. One is to go to uh, Ford field to watch the lions, or I can get out my, uh, my rolling suitcase and go to New York, San Francisco, Cleveland, San Antonio, Washington, D.C., Las Vegas, Orlando, Philadelphia, Fairborn, Georgia, Robbinsville, Mississippi, Jeez. Los Angeles, San Diego, New Orleans, Pasadena, Kissimmee, Florida, Adventura, Florida, Pikesville, Maryland, <laughs> Reno, Nevada, Baltimore, Atlanta, Hollywood, Florida, Sacramento, California, Boston, Chicago, and Lexington, Kentucky, because these are all places he traveled right. and paid for with his campaign fund. All, all in the past the six ch- years, by the way, just in the past four six years. years. The oh, past four, four years. years. Okay. Yeah, actually, maybe the last three years, because it's been since 2016, and we still have a reporting period to come in for 2019. But what is the justification for these trips? Are these conferences? Has he provided agendas? Was he on a speaking uh, tour? What's going on? Well, he says that they're somehow work related. He said some of them are conferences, um, but he said every time that he goes to a location, uh, it's work related. Um, 
Is he working in Wayne County? <laughs> That's, yeah. I mean, it sounds like this guy's on the road a lot. Right. Right. Um, yeah, he spent a lot of money uh, on traveling. He used $118,000 of his campaign fund on traveling. You know, and that that's that includes hotel and um, taking Delta airplanes all over the place. How did he defend that? All the the cost uh, of traveling that he was using. He, he was actually surprised that I was writing a story about it, saying, "But well, wouldn't you rather me spend this money than taxpayers spend the money?" But I don't think that he would be spent. He would be able to legally bill taxpayers for some of these trips because yeah. there's there's so many of them. Um, you know, do, it's, do, it's do, like ten locations across the country a year. And it, some of them are like Christmas time. One of them was Christmas time. One was in New York on Valentine's Day. Ooh. It's difficult to imagine how that was somehow work related. Um, do other sheriffs in America travel this much? I mean, do, I, I have just have no idea. I don't know if anybody knows. Yeah. Well, one of the things I did is I wanted to see how unusual this was. So I went through um, the campaign records for other sheriffs and um, no one spends anywhere close to this amount of money <laughs> on traveling and nobody even raises anywhere close to this amount of money. And they have difficult, oftentimes have difficult reelections to run for. So, well, Mike, you know, Mike Bouchard, is Oakland County, right? That's a pretty tough election. I, w- I would assume. What does he raise in the similar time period? Nowhere near this. I can't remember the number exactly, but there's nowhere near it. And what he doesn't do is spend the money on restaurants and hotels. I mean, a lot of the people, the only person who raises more money, every year is mayor Duggan <laughs> and mayor Duggan spends almost all of that money on consultants and advertising. And that's usually what you spend this money on. You, mm-hmm. you print ads and television ads, radio ads, hopefully uh, podcast ads, but that's <laughs> not how he's spending this money. It's troubling to see this kind of money being raised and not spent for obvious campaign expenditures. Uh, Steve, did you see any? So I've covered politics for 25 years, New Hampshire, Chicago, Detroit. Typically, when you look at a campaign finance report and someone's running for office, what you'll see is money spent on consultants, on radio, print and television advertising, on um, what I'm going to call propaganda, but which other people would call uh, uh, campaign uh, brochures, maybe uh, door hanging uh cards that they put out, perhaps for signs. Uh, if you've ever looked at a campaign finance report in Michigan, you're almost guaranteed to see a large bill paid to Sawicki and Sons, a union printer that does almost all the signs and buttons and bumper stickers and t-shirts and you name it. Did you find any expenditures of this nature in Sheriff Napoleon's campaign finance report for the last four years? Very, very, very few. Um, there, there are to be honest, I, I don't know if I saw a single, and these are hundreds of pages of expenses that I had to go through. I don't, I didn't see a single one for advertising. Um, he does have uh, consultants, but you know, they're paid a thousand, two thousand here and there. Um, but nothing did I, I didn't see anything where it was related to uh, him running a campaign, consultants, advertising, none of that. So you've you've gotten the response from the secretary of state and state officials that I often get when we find out that someone is not living where they're supposed to be living or where there's questionable campaign finance expenditures, which is we can't do anything unless we receive a complaint. Now, what I always hear back is, do you want to? Well, here's the deal. I'm a reporter. And what I do is tell people what we find and we count on people to do their jobs. Steve, you're in the same boat, but. 
if somebody out there would like to know more about this, would like state officials to, may I dare say, do their job and get to the bottom of this, how do they file a complaint and whom do they contact to say, hey, this doesn't look right to me. How about uh, how about peeling back the lid and doing a little a little digging? It's really easy. That's the great thing about this is any resident in Michigan can fill, fill out this complaint. There's if you go um, to the Michigan Secretary of State's website and you just type in in Google uh, file complaint uh, for campaign expenses uh, and it'll get you to the page. It's a simple form. You send the form in and they automatically investigate. You can do the same thing in Wayne County. Um, but okay. I talked to the state earlier this week and Wayne County, and they said that nobody has uh, filed complaints since this has happened. So I would like to invite any listener or anybody watching, if you file a complaint, please send us a copy of your complaint so that we know that it's been filed, so that if we follow up and inquire with the authorities, we will know that they've been put on notice, that somebody has a question that they would like you to get to the bottom of. I'm not saying Sheriff Napoleon has done anything wrong. I happen to think Sheriff Napoleon is... Uh, is, is a very righteous man on certain issues like body cameras for police departments. And we've seen how important those are, but listen, no one should escape scrutiny. One of the things that I think makes me feel so proud to be a member of the fake news media and so, uh, so disappointed in other public officials is the only people in this state holding people accountable and looking into this sort of things are reporters like Steve Neveling. And uh, Steve, I want to thank you for what you're doing. Uh, please check out Steve's work at the Metro Times. We will have a link to the Benny Napoleon story at our website, which is mlsoulofdetroit.com. And please, any amount is appreciated. Join the press club at the Metro Times. I'm a member. I'm proud to support this kind of work because there's more bad guys and good guys. And if we don't support the good guys, then it's all bad guys. So, Steve, thanks for joining us this week. Appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. Thanks, Steve. All guests appearing on ML Solo Detroit receive a 12-pack of Altus Lager. Oh, he loves beer. Ah, uh, yes. How, how could I forget that it's time for a cold beer? Steve and all our guests will get a six, uh, tw- uh, 12-pack. Okay, so here's the deal. <laughs> they, 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 they give me a 12-pack. Yeah. Um, you you, you may get a six-pack. Six. But I guess now, I guess everybody's getting a 12-pack of altitude. Damn it! <laughs> it's, I just had some at the traffic jam on uh, Saturday night. Traffic jam is reopened in Midtown. Please go check it out. Great food, great people, um, great beer on tap. It's where Altus was reborn. Now, if you can't make it to the traffic jam, if you can't be a guest on our show, you can find Altus in your, or Altus. Some people say Altus. We're not here to fight over it. Let's have a beer. Um, you can find it at the cooler at your local grocery store, bodega, or fine place of uh, delicious, uh, hoppy beverages. And I want to tell you, you know, in case you're just tuning in about this original Detroit lager that's making a comeback here in the greatest city in the world, it's the do anything anytime with anyone beer. I want to share a fun fact about Altus. Yes. Especially for those lonely people who uh, maybe have been shut up too long. Sean has not been shut up long <laughs> enough, but, but, but shut in, shut in too long. It only takes six Altus to make anyone a 10. A lot of great things started in Detroit and went away, but Altus is back. It's a lager that packs a punch and is seriously smooth and delicious. Go pick some cans up today for yourself and enjoy it. If you don't know where to go, go to altus.beer. That's A-L-T-E-S dot B-E-E. That's two E's, right? R. 
and find the, I didn't want to have a, I didn't want to have a, a Dan Quayle moment there. Um, find the location <laughs> nearest you. They're all over the place. And if it's not near you, let the good people at Altus know and they will get it there. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't have mentioned this last week, Michael, uh, oh. an email who, uh, from a, from a listener who loves the podcast, loves you in particular. And he says, uh, your pronunciation of Altus beer is bugging him. And he remembers it was always pronounced Altus, not Altus, like Al Kaline, he says. Um, anyway, he says when he wants to go purchase his delicious Altus beer, he wants it pronounced properly. And this is from <laughs> a, a, a podcast lover who's a, a beer aficionado and loves the beer and, uh, you know, wants you to get the, the sludge out of your mouth and do right by the beer. <laughs> the sludge. <laughs> well, uh, and and I, I am happy to pronounce it any way people like, but I would just suggest that when you're a Michigan lager, it's probably pronounced Altus. But yes, Altus, you know, Let's not fight. Let's have a beer. And then maybe a little light petting. No? Okay. Good. We'll just keep it sophisticated here on the old SOD. Yeah, like um, you just did. <laughs> so it, it feels sometimes like uh, my life is an infinite loop. And this weekend, I was back out with the Detroit Will Breathe marchers on uh, Sunday, although we didn't march because there was a postmortem of what happened on Saturday, which if you missed it, you can go to freep.com and get full coverage soup to nuts from the first can of tear gas to the last arrest on what happened Saturday night in downtown Detroit, Detroit will breathe decided to occupy a section of Woodward Avenue. And after six weeks of uh, virtual peace between police and protesters, 44 people were arrested Uh, yesterday, Detroit police chief, James Craig and deputy police chief, Todd Bettison, who once took a knee with protesters Mm -hmm. Signal that they had had enough and said it's time for Detroit will breathe to scram. They feel like uh, like this protest has served its purpose and it now is just an annoyance and a distraction. Well, the, 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 as, I, I got to agree with them because what is what's the purpose? It's almost like they they did it to get a little bit of attention. Maybe that's the cynic in me because they've been out there for 90 days. Coverage is kind of wane. Nobody's paid attention. Next thing you know, 40, 44 or 42 people arrested. Um, and now it's back in the news. So what, what is going on down there? So the, the, uh, the movement has been pretty consistent. They want to defund police. There have been a lot of police shootings of individuals. Some of those individuals shot at police first yeah, or justified. led police mm-hmm. on a high-speed chase, including one just a couple blocks from my house. Um, and, and those, those shootings look to be, uh, defensible, but of course Detroit will breathe uses this as another example of the police who have run amok. Um, they don't always focus on the misdeeds of the people who have initiated these engagements with police, but the movement does evolve. And the latest cause that they've added to their, their agenda is they want the federal agents who were sent to Detroit as part of Operation Legend to help combat this incredibly bloody and uh, and gun-filled summer uh, to go back to whence they came, be that Washington, D.C., Virginia, Maryland, wherever. I, I got to say, I have not heard much. I'd never heard much complaining pre-George Floyd about the feds being here when they were already here. Well, Chief Craig said it's been something like 26 years since since the federal government has sent additional agents to help out. And these are ATF agents, possibly DEA agents. They're basically here to try and get guns and drugs off the street and supplement the work that Detroit police and local task forces are doing, sometimes with intelligence, sometimes maybe with some 
consulting. And I think sometimes they get their boots on the ground. But these days, when you mentioned the feds are coming to a big city, people think about Portland, where some very oddly attired, no name badges, no visible identification, sure. uh-huh. police got involved with protesters there. Those pro- those police have since, or those federal agents have since been recalled. And there's a concern that they're coming to Detroit. There's been no indication that those kind of feds are coming here. But, uh, but if you check out the free press, you'll see some very stark images of people who were taken down by police, including a, a gentleman named Kevin Quart, who I spoke to, whose face looks like, uh, looks like uh, a speed bag in a boxing gym would look if sure. it was made of human tissue. Um, he also was wearing a, uh, when we spoke to him, a U.S. Postal Service hat. He says he does not work for the U.S. Postal Service. It's just a hat that keeps the sun out of his eyes, which uh, is really important when you have two black eyes that are swollen into slits. Um, Detroit police say they're investigating uh, incidents like this. And to their credit, Detroit police have brought charges against at least one officer who they said um, overstepped his bounds. But um, but it looks like things are heating up again. And if you want to know more, you can find all that at uh, at freep.com. Uh, I also encourage you to subscribe. Uh, we'll have a link on our page. It's three bucks for three month, months, folks. That's uh, that you can't beat that anywhere. And that brings me to the story we talked about last week, our exclusive Gabe Leland investigation, where we used secret FBI recordings to let you in on the conversations Gabe Leland had with a man he demanded money from and who set out to bribe him using money supplied by the FBI. Um, I, I, I was a little derelict in my duty. There was so much good sound from Gabe and Bob Carmack at the, I mean, the right honorable councilman Gabe Leland and Bob Carmack at the strip club that uh, we forgot to play a little bit of sound that we had. Uh, you may recall, and if you want to hear it in all its glory, go to freep.com. You'll have to subscribe. You can find the Gabe Leland story there. We have a 20-minute single-episode true crime podcast that I think is really good, uh, produced by Tad Davis, one of our new folks at the Free Press. But Gabe Leland says in there that when I went to go talk to him about some questionable votes he had made to give $2 million in city business to companies run by his girlfriend, he said the way that conversation ended was, that he told me to get the F out of his office. Well, you're about to hear how that conversation really ended. It was a good conversation. <laughs> I also love the good. fact that when he told Carmack that in the strip club, um, Carmack totally just didn't care. It was on to something else. He just, just yeah, went he's in like, one He's like, uh, why'd you talk to that guy? <laughs> oh, no, I wouldn't talk to him. He's looking for a story. Every time I listen to the audio, I laugh when Carmack goes, hey, what is he, a detective? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know yeah, why that always funny. makes me laugh. But then that, so after he said that, that's when Gabe's like, I told him to get the fuck out of my office. And Carmack just doesn't care, just has no interest in what he's saying. Yeah. So, so what did he actually say again at the end of the conversation, Mark? Uh, with you or what he told Carmack, yeah. he said. Yeah. With you? It was a good yeah. conversation. <laughs> like he had a blast. He loved talking good to conversation. you. Yeah. Conversation. Yeah. It's crazy that he would paint it in a different fashion when he's talking to Bob Carmack. But before we get to our great debate, I want to thank the butchery which is my favorite butcher shop and the place to go for prime meats. The butcher on Orchard Lake Road, just west of Middle Belt. If you go in there this week and spend $50 or more and tell them ML sent you, the butcher will give you a free pound of breakfast sausage links. Not just any old breakfast sausage links. Some people, they love Jimmy Dean. Jimmy Dean, wow, great, great 
great <laughs> friend of, of uh, Davy Crockett or was it Daniel Boone? I can never remember. Great uh, <laughs> 60s raconteur and song maker. Makes pretty nifty sausages, but they don't compare to the sausage made in-house by Chef Dave and his little buddy, his sidekick, Professor Matthew Quimby Jennings. So go to thebutchery.com to see all their amazing selections and follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to see what Chef Dave is carving up today. The number is 248-682-COWS. That's 248-682-COWS. They even have small private cooking classes with Chef Dave and Chef Julie. Check them out. It's worth the drive. I've made it. I'll be back. I promise you, if you go, you won't be disappointed. Make sure when you get there to tell them ML sent you. I won't change my mind on anything, regardless of the facts that are set out before me. I'm dug in, and I'll never change. We believe in free speech here at the Soul of Detroit. Not so free that we don't have sponsors, so, you know, but, but still, we believe in the First Amendment. Um, but Mike Milbury is stepping away from broadcasting the rest of the NHL playoffs after making an on-air comment uh, about how women, if they came into the bubble that has been set up to keep hockey players isolated so they can just play hockey and have as little interaction with people who may be carrying the coronavirus as possible, he made some comments that they could be a distraction and he was, he, he wasn't pulled off the air. He, he voluntarily removed yeah. himself. Yeah, right. He said, I do not want my presence to interfere with the athletes as they try and win the greatest trophy in sports. And, um, and here's what he said. That was such a, uh, such a uh, onerous comment. Uh, Brian Boucher was talking about the bubble being the perfect place for players who enjoy playing hockey and being with their teammates for long periods of times. Milbury chipped in that there aren't even any women here to disrupt your concentration. Now, Mike Milbury is a rockhead. He's a turd. I think he's he's awful at what he does. He's made other comments that I find more offensive, saying that you know there's no fans here. It's like going to watch women's hockey. He's made remarks that I think are not respectful to women, or at least show sort of a uh, uh, a stonehead mentality, but. I do have to say, knowing a little bit about hockey players and having read enough stories about hockey players and anyone who knows anything about hockey players has heard of puck bunnies. Hockey players will get distracted by women. I'm offended uh, as a man because uh, does that mean we're that easily distracted? I mean, I am. I Women distract me all the time. I, uh, I think they're one of the, the greatest distractions on God's green earth. First off, was anybody offended by this? Uh, I'm counting I mean, down. I, I don't three, know. Three, two, one. Sean. Hey, what do you think about this? I mean, does this bother you? I don't think Sean was offended by it. Does it bother me that uh, he's resigning? Well, he's uh, not resigning. No, he's just I mean, I'm stepping stepping down for a while. I don't know. I mean, it's he has a right to say that, right? I mean, I don't think it's a free speech issue. He has absolutely right to say that. I think the folks that are maybe take issue with it think that it somehow just reduces women down to, you know, dolls. accessories. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think and, that's, and that's the thing. And, but he's a meathead, right? I mean, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, but you no. know what the, the, the truth is you could say, I mean, he said women, but you could say the same thing to your male friends. If your male friends are hanging out, that could be a distraction, right? It's oh yeah. No, 
any kind of other human being that you care about and want to hang out with could be a distraction. The other thing he said, I, I think just a week prior to that, was he was really kind of ragging on Tuka Rask for not playing because Tuka right. wanted to spend time with his newborn, I think it was a newborn, and his wife and his family. So I don't think it's the one thing that happened that led to – and by the way, you said he, he stepped aside. I'm sure there was a lot of pressure from NBC for him to say, you know – I'll be back and I'll, I'll be back next year, whenever that is. Um, I, I think it, there must have been a whole grouping of things where they're finally like, "You're a distraction now. Can we deal with you later?" Well, of course, NBC is still reeling from Jeremy Roenick making comments about Karen Tappan, their in-studio host, who's a very attractive Ta- woman. Totally different, though. Totally, totally different. different. That was that that he and his wife uh, and Karen were going to have a three-way when they're on a vacation. I mean, that's you don't say that about a colleague. That really diminishes them, but. Mike Milbury, the reason he shouldn't be on these broadcasts is because he single-handedly destroyed the New York Islanders <laughs> as a general manager and a coach. He's an the worst. idiot, <laughs> and he's made far more offensive comments. But, but the reason why I put this in our great debate uh, this week is because things have been said recently on the playing field and in the sports arenas that that have us debating where the lines are. Mike Milbury, I would say – shouldn't have been in a position to say that in the first place because he blows. But what he said, you know, I, I can live with that. But there were some sure. comments made uh, during a recent NBA playoff game. Those players are also in the bubble that um, that has people rallying. And I think they're a lot more ra- uh, wound up about that than they are about Mike Milbury. Uh, Sean, you've, you've spent quite a bit of time digging in this. Give us a, a quick recap of where we stand on some comments between uh, – couple of NBA players, one is black and one is white. Well, before we get to that real quickly, what's your thought on the uh, broadcaster in Cincinnati who lost his job for referring to somebody as a, it was a hot mic situation, right? And his name escapes me. Tom Brenneman. Tom Tom Brenneman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. I mean, mean, that's just a couple steps further than what uh, the hockey fellow did. Oh, I think it's it's much further. It's much more extreme. It's much more inappropriate. He used a slur. Um, he, yeah, he denigrated somebody by using a term that, so Brenneman and I are about the same age. I think he's 53 and I'm 26, but you know, even I know that that term, while we threw that around in the schoolyard 40, 50 years ago, it's done. Anybody, any, anybody who's it. And the other thing about broadcasting broadcasters and politicians who have hot mic moments, and I hope I'm not jinxing myself, but I don't talk like that. There's no excuse because you assume every mic is hot that you just if if it's not in your heart, it shouldn't be in your mouth. So Brenneman, you know, should he be fired now? What I heard, he's been suspended for the rest of the season. I would hate to think that one thing could cost somebody their career, but it seems like a suspension is in order. And even his father said that uh, that he was concerned that he felt terrible he knows that's not who his son is, but he also feels awful for the harm that was done to people who are referred to by that derogatory term. He's talking about gay people. I think we all know what the term is. It begins with an F and it, it begins it, with a and G and forget. it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't refer to a flag, but, um, but I think his dad got it right. You know, let's, let's let this guy try and get his shit together. But the, the harm he did there's there's no excuse for that. I, I got to say, well, and, and have you guys heard what he said? I mean, have you heard the audio of him saying it? 
I have not. He he says it with a little oh. bit of, of vitriol too. I mean, there's a lot of force with it. So it's 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 the manner and the context of which he said it. And I don't know. I, I don't want to see people lose their jobs for slip ups, but I understand why Fox Sports Ohio said, Oh yeah, we don't want to deal with this. And you've been great for years and years, and your dad was great for years and years, but that's just uh this is twenty twenty and that's how it goes. And whether you like it or not, can, I understand. Can people apologize? Can people come back from that? I mean, I, I do feel like people should be given the opportunity to do that, right? I mean, I, His apology I, is I hilarious. don't surprise our listeners right here, but or maybe I do. But uh, it's a good segue what happened in the NBA, right? Yeah. Yes, um, there, there should be an opportunity for redemption. Of, exactly. that. Somebody to apologize. Also, then, the idea is should somebody be suspended? I think that was part of the issue with what happened in the NBA. Real quickly, a Los Angeles Clippers player, Montrez Harrell, who's black, referred to a Dallas Mavericks player, Luka Doncic, who's white, who's from Slovenia, by the way, um, and one of the best young players uh, to come in the league oh, in, yeah. in years, um, maybe even going to be the face of the league, right? And so that's necessary for the for the context here. Anyway, the other day in a game, Harold scored against Doncic and turned around and said, bitch-ass white boy, and, um, and then apologized for it the next time they played, I think two days later. A lot of people took issue with the fact that Harrell wasn't suspended or reprimanded in any way by the NBA because if the situation had been reversed, surely there would have been much more serious repercussions. And that's true. That part is true. Do we want to equate the N-word with white boy? Obviously, we don't. But I, 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 do, I do agree with some of the, the, the critics on, on this in this regard. The NBA has got to be a little bit more consistent, you know, and they, and they haven't been like with China. Not that mm-hmm. I want to get off into that topic, but uh, they're very progressive. And, and uh, I think they're really smart in a lot of ways, but they are hypocritical from time to time. And I think uh, this is another example. Of- well, they were terrible on the China issue. For people, oh, absolutely. Yeah. For people who need a quick catch up on that, there was, I think it was an assistant coach and assist, assistant GM. General, for- general manager, general Anderson. manager for of the, the Houston Rockets. For the Rockets. Yeah. Who, who basically just posted something uh, supporting free speech in China, in Hong China, Kong, which is yeah. in Hong Kong. It's a huge issue, a huge market for the NBA. They freaked out. China said, you know, screw this guy. And the NBA basically this fell in line and, and LeBron kind of fell in line too. Which did. Was, so did James Harden who's the star of the Rockets. And so did uh, some of the coaches who normally speak out, Steve Kerr, Greg Popovich. Um, yeah, so so that was a moment. I didn't really say anything. Yeah, no, that was not a good look. Yeah, no, I think the reason why they they couldn't they couldn't say anything is because they were choking on all those yen that were being shoved down their throat by the. No, for sure it was money, but it, yeah, by it the was, despotic it, regime in China. But but on this issue, you know, so to me, you call me a white boy, I'm pretty much like you know guilty as charged. Kiss my ass. What else have you got? Well, yeah, he did dominate but, that game too, Doncic did. So. did oh, okay. Well, oh, yeah. So he, he got one scored on him. Yeah. But but I think the the issue is, you know, let, let's make this easy for everybody. Okay. We, we don't need to make things complicated. If if referring to somebody by the race, the color of their skin, their sexual orientation, uh, their their religious orientation is wrong. It's wrong for everybody. So just don't do it. Let's make it simple. If you say something like that, you should be disciplined. And that way we get out of this whole thing. Say, oh, but you know, but you know, well, but then I'm, I'm with Mike and Kenny Smith for, for those who don't know Kenny Smith, he's a really good NBA player for a long time. He's a part of the TNT post game NBA yeah. coverage with Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal made the point the other night that, um, that he'd like to see us all 
just break the habit in general. He wants to see because the N word is used a lot in competition on the court among black, black players. White boy is among black players and white players. Um, and he and he made, he said, "Look, let's just break the habit." Period. Kind of to Mike's point. That's not going to happen. Said though. that. Having said that, I think we damn well better agree. White boy and N word are not equivalent. And there were some folks who were trying to kind of make that equivalent. Uh, the last few days, I don't agree with that. I, I mean, obviously, the the power of the N word versus the power of the white boy is nowhere near the same, nor the history. So. No, but but the, some of the intent and the way it can be delivered to somebody can yeah. be just as vitriolic and just as meant in just as many ways well, sure. to, to diminish. Because of course, there's the old gag, you know, white men can't jump. I mean, it's a uh, it's it's a put down on a basketball court to be called but a white. Not boy. always though. But no, no, no. See, bitch ass was the problem with the white boy. Like I heard white boy yesterday on ESPN referring to that's a bad white boy. So white boy itself can be a compliment. It can be a. Uh, a, a, you know, a, an honorific in a way. The N word can never be that if it's coming out of somebody who's white, right? Whereas with black this folks using white boy, they can whatever they put in front of it uh, def, d- defines what white boy means in that context. And this is where it all falls apart because now black people can use the N word with other black people, but nobody can. But now <laughs> white boys, you can call a white boy a white boy, you just can't call him a bitch ass white boy. I mean, this is. So, so we still have to figure a lot of this out. So what, what I would suggest is that we, we have a little, a little uh, grace here and that when people make a mistake, we don't, we don't murder them on the spot, that we try and find out whether this is a pattern of conduct. And I think President Absolutely. Obama Amen. raised yeah. a really good point um, earlier this year, I think it was, when he said, if all we're doing is sitting around waiting for somebody to screw up so we can pounce on them, we're never going to get anywhere. And of course, you see a lot of people on the left who the only thing that they seem to contribute to the to society is eliminating people from it. social discourse. And we just can't have that. We need to let people speak freely. And if they make a mistake, we need to check them and we need to say, OK, here's what you did wrong. And if they don't do it again, I would say we can let them go with a sin and do no wrong again type of admonition. but. Uh, but, you know, I don't I don't I don't think we want to burn I mean, everybody you're, in the you're, public you're, square. You're trying to apply cancel culture there a little bit. We're going to completely dis- disagree on the idea of that I think that's just a, a new sort of form of PC to to sort of silence people in a way. But, but I, look, Montrez Harrell apologized and, uh, and no folks one- should be able to apologize. The, the Charlotte fella. Right. Yeah. Apologize. And people should be given second chances no matter how they mess up. I mean, even the Reds broadcaster. Right. Yeah, but cancel culture says they don't get a second chance. One strike and you're out. Well, I guess it depends. You're right. No, I, I it, not always, but I understand what you're saying. But I don't, I don't think it's always that. But I'm with, I'm with, uh, I'm with the idea of giving people second chances because we're all going to make mistakes and say the wrong things. Well, immediately, well, you, can, you guys might immediately canceling people. I don't know what that solves overall. If there's no, you know, all it does is get other people mad. It doesn't really teach anything, does it? Well, what do you mean by immediately canceling them? I mean, if somebody gets Twitter, suspended, is that immediately canceling them? Wait, say that again. I'm sorry. What do you mean by immediately canceling them? If somebody gets suspended, is that immediately canceling? No, them? no, no. I mean, immediately fire the Twitter mob attacking them for one thing. It's just what what is accomplished with that? Yeah, that's just people running their mouths, though. Is that really? I mean, are they really going to get canceled? Well, I mean, but but that's, as we that's see, up to the people that run the the, the who employ these yep. folks. If we're talking about. Yeah, right. but, they, but they don't want it's a lot easier to get rid of somebody than deal with the nuisance of the mob. 
Um, I guess so. I mean, you have to have some principle, though, right? Yeah. I mean, not when you're running a company. Yes, but the idea of second chances is—I'm with y'all on that. We—we got to get past this. We got to let people mess up and then try to learn from it. But like the word "cracker," we don't hear that anymore. You know, maybe white boy will go the way of cracker. (laughs) Nobody cares about that word. No, no no one's ever been offended by that. More offensive. Cracker is more pejorative than white boy. And absolutely, but that, that, but that word is yeah because that's a much nastier word. But that word is uh, disappeared and good, and it should. But so. I will defend Cracker the band, which is an outstanding <laughs> uh, post new wave. I thought you were more of an Uncle Cracker guy. But, uh, <laughs> not not down with the Uncle, but uh, no, Camper Hat Beethoven a Cracker, uh, Kerosene Hat. Come on, man, that's the only hat that's cooler yeah. than this one. Take the skinheads bowling. Yeah, there you go. Oh, take them bowling. Now, that's Camper Van Beethoven, Same but they difference. turned into Cracker. Right, right, right. I'm one surprised of, you of, like that. That's not all synth, uh, droney, oh, no. melancholy bullshit. I, I, uh, well, there's, it's pretty droney. I don't know if you've heard uh, uh, Tanya. But anyway, uh, one of the greatest lines in music history is, uh, is, I don't know what the world may need, but a V8 engine's a good start for me. I mean, uh, how can you how can you go wrong? I once did a review of a Cracker album and said the uh, the lead singer is David. I can't remember his last name. Is sort of like the wise man of the trailer park. You know, I mean, he's got that very down to earth folksiness, but he's got he's got so many great uh, observations. And now he's a professor, I think, at the University of Georgia. So, I love that you reference things that you've written twenty five years ago. <laughs> Only you, my man. You can find that at DailySouthTown.com. <laughs> it's still free. So, uh, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, so that's our great debate. It's, it's brought to you by uh, Luke Nowacki, who, uh, listen, these are difficult times right now. If you're trying to figure out how to get to retirement, if you're trying to figure out how to use your money in the best way to make it work for you, you need a financial advisor. We recommend Luke Nowacki. Some people like to save up for something really nice, like a new earring that looks cool, or maybe even a time machine that could take you back to the nineties with dudes with earrings that weren't pro athletes were a thing. If you're wondering how you can budget for a major purchase, call Luke Nowacki at 248-663-4748 or email at lnowacki at pinnaclewealthstrategies.com. We will have a link to Luke's uh, website on our website, mlsoldetroit.com. He can assist you to devise a plan targeted to help you reach your financial goals. And when you do business with Luke, He'll make it all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates and member FINRASIPC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names. Products or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Oh man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek? Or we're turning into cool guys? Ah, well... It's the Republican National Convention. You may remember that several years ago, we were told that we were going to get a wall and that they were going to pay for it. Then we were told we could go over the heads of all those bureaucrats in the swamp and help pay for it our own damn selves. While chunks of the wall are going up, it turns out the endeavor isn't getting much help from the people who willingly took money out of their own pockets, American pockets, Instead, former Trump campaign impresario and former presidential advisor Steve Bannon has been charged with pocketing a bunch of those donations, possibly to buy more polo shirts to wear under his dress shirts or maybe another cool fatigue jacket. You know, the kind you see out there in the field where Steve Bannon 
never is. Um, in fact, where they pinched him was on the yacht, the super yacht, yeah. a Chinese billionaire. So there's your man of the, of the people, the guy who's going to lead the revolution. At any rate, that's politics. We want to stay away from politics. But the issue here is Steve Bannon told good, hardworking people want to build that wall. I'll help you cut through the red tape and build it. Just send me some money. And then he just took that money. And for what it's worth, I'm pretty sure Bannon is a guy who dimed out Donald Jr. and Gerald Kushner, the media, on their meeting with the Reds. Either way, Steve Reno, you are our Geek of the Week. The kids are soft. I don't care for that guy. Me neither. Too soft. I'm going to pretend like you didn't just make my dick go soft. Well, I hope you have your thinking caps on because Professor Jennings is here to school you on history. In fact, I should catch you up on a little history that we missed out on last week. Sean Windsor and Matt Jennings both celebrated birthdays last week, and it's entirely possible that these guys were separated at birth, that they are actually twins (laughs) who have been reunited by the power of the soul of Detroit. So we're going to, we're going to do a little ancestry.com digging into that, but uh, maybe that's why they fight so much because it's brotherly love. (laughs) So professor, take it away. Okay. Well, let's see what happened in 1989. The Voyager two captured the first ever close-up picture of the planet Neptune after traveling over 2 billion miles, which is the same distance you travel to find any of ML's references relatable. Wow. Oh, I, I like that. I like that, Matt. Especially because Mike is trying to divide and conquer us and deflect. You know that he's the common denominator of nastiness here, so he's trying to deflect that onto us. I, I expected oh, a Uranus joke after the uh, Neptune reference. Nope, nope. That's you had Too me easy. going one way and you went the other I'm way. Learning. Well done. Well done. And you know what? Two billion miles is a pretty far distance for one blue ball covered in methane. I mean, Lance Armstrong lives in Colorado, and I'm sure he loves Indian food. <laughs> Okay, he's getting close to Uranus. <laughs> that was, I like that Uranus. one. That was good. Yeah. By the way, if you're con- if you're concerned about the conditions in that part of the Milky Way galaxy, may I recommend uh, the Lawnmower 3.0 brought to you That's by Manscaped.com. You can Jesus get twenty percent off with promo code uh, ML. All right, this week in 1982, Mark David Chapman, you guys ah, know him, yeah. was sentenced to twenty years to life for the murder of John Lennon which I think is total BS. Now, don't get me wrong. He deserves to spend every day in prison. But what about Yoko? <laughs> no, seriously. Think about it. Chaps murdered John Lennon with four shots. Yoko killed an entire band with one bang. Wow. That's a good one. Wow. Well, fun. <laughs> Sean, not impressed. I like good it. One. No, no, no. It's just the, the, it's, you live in a house or you work in a house, Mark, where it's all Beatles and <laughs> Whatever. I, I want people to move on. You know what I mean? Just move Whoa. forward. Uh, the mullets, mullets and beetles and fart jokes. You know what? I love what? Drew, but it's time to move no. forward. Oh, no way. What's wrong with fart uh, jokes? Well, you know what, though? I'm kind of, I think I forgot to write this down. Mark, what was he reading when he shot Lennon? Oh, a catcher in the rod. Catcher in the rod. Oh. Yeah. Slow down. Man, it wouldn't be funny if he was reading Kwame Sutra. Jenna, Lennon, Lennon would have shot himself. <laughs> 
that that would require a time machine. But uh. that's uh, Matt. That's twice you're going after Mike. You're starting to figure out how to do this. Actually, it's it's a very elaborate setup to drive people to drewandmikestore.com where you can get <laughs> an autographed copy exactly. of the Kwame Sutra. Fifteen dollars. It ships immediately. You are in the wrong business, my friend. Okay, in two thousand eight in Colorado. <laughs> Be much right. happier selling blankets at Kohl's. I set out to <laughs> I set out to interrupt Matt every joke, but know, he's, he's he's so he's flustered. hot. I can't I can't he's bring myself to do it. it. He's on fire. He's he's oh, doing yeah. great. Go ahead. All right, I'm I'm a flamer today. Oh wait, that's not right. Take it easy, Brennan. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. In 2008 in Colorado, you know who can interrupt Matt though? David Hall, because. You, you should stop and take advantage of this great opportunity to refinance. Uh, the team at Hall Financial is working around the clock to help people save money. It's a great time to look at your options, and that's why many people are refinancing right now. They're not waiting for history. They're in the current, baby. They're doing it today. If you haven't refinanced, Hall Financial is here to help. Now's the time to lower your monthly payments and keep some extra dough in your pockets. In fact, if you refinance, you can probably skip up to two payments. So why not see if you can save some money and cut your term? That's the length of the loan. If you're worried about coronavirus, don't because these guys, they, they do it all over the phone. Give them a call at 248-308-5000. That's 248-308-5000. Ask for my man, Dan Morrison, Hall Financial, lower payments, better options, more personal attentory, uh, attention, attention, and an, an, an appreciation for history. That's NMLS 146743. I've got one more. Five. Mark Fellhauer. Mark Fellhauer. Where was Matt? Am I finishing my piece or not? <laughs> one second, Go, Mark. Yeah, where, no, you're, where, you're, where was Matt when we were just talking about the Cincinnati Reds guy losing his job? Was he not listening? <laughs> he no, was. Got, we are suspending Matt's pay. <laughs> okay. This is the last one, guys. Okay. In 2008, in Colorado, Barack Obama was nominated as the first ever African American presidential candidate during the Democratic National Convention at the Pepsi Center. And it could only be the Pepsi Center because all the Coke was in the center of Hunter Biden's coat pocket. Oh, damn. Well, it was, it's strong Coke. I mean, it could give kids superpowers like invisibility to Joe Biden. See you again. There's an all-night party in room 7609. And you can dance together all night if you've got the time. Welcome to room 7609. If you're wondering how you get into room 7609, there's three ways. One, you're a great new wave band that had some really good music that didn't quite get the audience it deserved. Two, you're an obscure new wave band that has a great tune that no one heard until they heard it here on room 7609. And three, you use a key <laughs> using our great new 7609 keychain, which you can get at oh, mikestore.com. Yes. <laughs> If it's lost, drop it in any mailbox. We guarantee delivery to return at Soul of Detroit. And uh, I'm not sure we should guarantee that. But anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll collect any keys <laughs> that the post it. office brings to us. Yeah. If, if they can get the ballots out, 
they can probably deliver this damn keychain. So let's see, let's see how they do. But this month we are focusing on new wave bands that are covering other tunes. And this week is one of the greatest new wave bands of all time, The Smiths, covering a little tune by a performer known as Twinkle. From the Smiths, it's mournful, but uh, quite a departure. What What do you guys think? Doesn't sound new wave at all. I mean, it's a nice song. I don't know the original though. Well, tell us about the original. What do you know about it? So or don't. the original <laughs> <laughs> or uh, don't. <laughs> Morrissey was a huge fan of girl bands. Uh, Dusty Springfield is one of his favorite performers, and she did some stuff with the Smiths and Sheila Delaney. I think it was another another singer who he really loved. And so this is not very Smiths-esque because not I suspect all. this is one of the things that the rest of the guys in the band said, uh, why are we doing this one again? Because so, uh, uh, Stephen wants to do this one. And so they probably did it with gritted teeth. But Twinkle was a, a not a particularly big um, recording artist, but she had a hit that was called Terry, which was about the uh, incredibly lighthearted subject of a boyfriend who died in a motorcycle crash, which is somewhat reminiscent of the Shangri-La's leader of the pack, which was a big hit. She followed it up with Twinkle, I mean, excuse me, with Golden Lights, which is a bit of a commentary on the pop music business, which Morrissey certainly would have equally uh, held an equal disdain. But um, 
but so that's uh, so, so you're a huge Smiths fan. Do you, do you like it? Um, I like it because it says more to me about Morrissey and, and the influences on the Smiths than the song itself. Um, it's, I wouldn't say it's one of the greatest pieces of music ever made, but one of the things about cover tunes is cover tunes say something about the band that's covering them, why they chose it. And sometimes it's just a matter of the band finds a great song and totally makes it their own. Like we had last week with the passenger, Mm -hmm. uh, by Iggy Pop that was covered by Susie and the Banshee. Both both versions are great, but that's one of those instances where I would say, if I if somebody said to me, we're going to play The Passenger, you got to pick a version, and there's like two, three dozen versions of it, I'd say, let's go with Susie. Huh. A little bit of a departure there in Room 7609. Um, we've had some great suggestions for new wave bands that have covered great songs. What I'd like to do in the future is see if you can send us your nominations for bands that have covered new wave songs. In other words, they don't have to be a new wave band, but they have to have a cover of a new wave song. There's some great ones out there, including several of blue Monday that are just, oh, you yeah. know, knock your socks off. So, uh, so please keep the suggestions coming to ML soul of Give us a call at three, one, three, two, eight, eight, nine, zero, seven, zero. That's Butterfield eight, nine, zero, seven, zero. We love to hear back from you. And, uh, And we appreciate your feedback. And certainly, if you want to contribute to the show, you can do it that way. Or you can quite literally contribute to the show. Mark, how does that process work? MLSolaDetroit.com. There's a fun little donate button right at the top. You will not believe how much fun you'll have going to PayPal and donating from that button. It's a blast. I I, I think it must be fun because uh, last week's donors include Kristen and Frank Frank. Frank. and Joseph, who are repeat donors, Kristen and Frank. We can yeah. count on almost every month they make a uh, a contribution that they I've in the past they've said sorry this is all I'm sending let me tell you something no. you're doing great we, no. we, yeah. you're being very generous and uh, more generous than Larry uh, Veronica um, Alfalfa um, uh, Mordecai um, uh, Ladamian. Because they haven't donated. So you're way ahead of them. Okay. Uh, Shemp, not a penny from Shemp. Did they have so any? Uh, your per- references are 2 billion miles away right now. That's right. <laughs> Did they have any messages they wanted to pass along? No, but if you okay. have something you'd like us to tell all the fine people listening and watching, you can send us a donation through our program called Camisole for at least $20. Send us a message for us to read on the air. And uh, we will do so. Uh, There's pretty much no limits on this. Certainly in terms of donations, we don't put a cap on that. But in terms of what you want us to say, I think we've shown in the past, we'll read just about anything. We are going to edit for good taste and perhaps for brevity, but uh, try us. Let's see what what happens. If you would like to support the show and get something, a return on your investment, um, and you don't want to invest with Luke Nowacki, which is foolishness, call Luke. He'll help you out. But you can buy some of our great merchandise. We have hockey jerseys that are on sale, 20% off, and they come with a signed Kwame Sutra. Wait, wait, We've wait. Sean, did you know we had merch? <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. But that's exciting. Yes, and we, we have a, uh, a new Who's going to push it? <laughs> we have a new line of Sean Windsor signature T-shirts. They are guaranteed to gray after the first washing, and they say nothing, which says a lot. So, Sean, uh, let's let's see that that fantastic chemise. That's uh, he's smirking. Great. I would love a Sean Windsor shirt. I am not even joking. I would too. Well, of course you're not, and that's a little discomforting. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I don't mean I that. 
I don't mean that in any kind of a sexual way. I mean that more of like a creeper in the, you know, on the other side of the hedges kind of way. We appreciate it. If you subscribe to the show, you can share the show, which is always appreciated and rate it. We haven't had any, uh, I think we're up to like 520 ratings. Uh, we got some nasty grams from people last week, which is fine. Yeah. Let us know what you think of the show. We will share that. Or nasty grams. No, 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 not this week. I think, uh, well, let's talk about next week's show. We're going to have more Leland. I would assume. <laughs> but we're going to get back to Kilpatrick. Because it has been a couple of weeks. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's all riveting. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Some guys trying to bribe some other guy. Okay. The uh, Sean Windsor t-shirt comes in both sizes, extra large and double XL um, for our biggest fans out there. Um, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I and definitely need a double X. For the three people who are still listening, um, <laughs> I would like yeah. to encourage you to check out some finer audio on the rest of the Net Red Shovel Network shows. Yes. Charlie Duff's No BS News Hour, No Filter Sports with Eli, Denny, and Bob, the Drew and Mike podcast. And now, Cyrus, save us from ourselves and get us the hell Can out of here. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Thank <laughs> you.